0: Welcome to In Session, the Daily Texan's weekly rundown of the 2019 Texas Legislature. I'm Morgan Keeler, filling in for Sarah Schleid, and I'm here with Chad Lyle, one of our legislative reporters.
1: How are you today, Morgan?
0: Oh, I'm doing great. How are you, Chad?
1: I can't complain.
0: All right. I'm going to leave it up to you. What do you want to talk about first?
1: I First thing I want to talk about is something that I'm writing about tomorrow, or tomorrow is when I'm turning that story in. <laughs> Um, so basically, let me make sure I have this count right. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> nine very high ranking senators filed a bill to um, increase the legal smoking age to 21 from 18. And it includes all the tobacco products. So your e cigs, your jewels, um, everything. And basically, the reason this is kind of interesting is. A lot of people could just file a bill like this. But you have people like Joan Huffman, who's the chair of the State Affairs Committee. That's a big deal. You have people like Jane Nelson. That's a big deal. So you have some big names that are throwing their support behind this bill. Um, Charles Perry, who is introducing a really big disaster relief, pa- relief plan. Kirk Watson. Um, these people are really important. And the fact that all of them, like, sometimes you can joint author a bill. And that's just kind of you, like, putting your support behind it. That's not what they did. These people are all, like, separate, like, co-equal authors of this bill. Um, So it has a lot of clout behind it, um, to use a very millennial word to describe it. Yeah, what a lot of arguments against something like this are... It's kind of like alcohol prohibition, right? The argument against that, which... I mean, turned out to be more or less true, is that when you try to prevent people from having alcohol that are used to having it anyway, um, they're going to get it anyway, they're going to make it anyway, and they might just make a black market to distribute it anyway. Um, I think the place this will be most interesting is on college campuses. Um, And just, you know, among people who are almost 21, but not quite. Um, because c- I know, like, I personally know people who don't leave the house without their jewel with them. So I don't know. It- it'll be interesting.
0: But I think the logic and, you know, the argument behind um, changing the law is that you know the reason middle schoolers can get their hands middle middle and high schoolers can get their hands on these tobacco products is because they have a friend who's 18. Right. And it's not weird to have a friend who's 18 when you're in high school, but it might be kind of weird to have a friend who's eight, who's 21 when you're in high school. Yeah, so that's do you a good think point. that's what's going to change it or like that's really what people are going for or what what do you think is?
1: I think you know really um, there's just been kind of a movement lately to kind of increase the age for lots of things. And I'm not, I don't like, if I was going to speak really broadly about it, I guess I would say that it's like, because of sort of like a societal ideal that we give people more time to grow up, if that makes sense. Cause you used to be able to do everything at the age of 18 and a lot of things are still based on that standard being drafted into the military, you name it. Um, it's still the legal age to be considered an adult, but th- the alcohol drinking age in Texas was 18 for a long time and was probably only moved up to 21 when my mom was in college. I remember her telling me it was 18 or 19 so she was like legally allowed to drink for a little bit. Then they changed it so she had like another like year where she was below the legal drinking age, which is really funny. Like you don't you don't really think about people that that would happen to, like think about an 18-year-old who jewels every day now. And then this law, if it gets passed, they would have to wait two or three years before they could legally do it again, which I just think is funny to think about.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll just have to see. This is obviously something that would directly impact our campus. What else have you been writing about?
1: Okay. So today I just finished writing a story about a bill filed by two state senators who were from Dallas, actually. Um, So it was Nathan Johnson and Royce West filed a bill to have the Department of, I think it's the Department of State Health Services, yes, Um, to have them create a study of eating disorders and eating disorder-related deaths in Texas, Um, which is really interesting because when, when I spoke to Senator Johnson about it, he said that he doesn't think this is an issue that gets enough sort of like airtime. It's a huge problem, but there aren't enough resources provided to people. So another thing the study would do is kind of like compile a list of state resources uh, that people with eating disorders can use. But the main objective is just to see, you know, like how expansive the problem really is.
0: Is that just um, a bill that's going to make sure people are doing the research or is there something that's going to change?
1: Yeah, so this that's another for sort of another facet of the article. I talked to Josh Blank of the Texas Politics Project about this, the the purpose of the bill is purely to create a study, um, which is something I've seen a little bit. But apparently it's very common. And what you'll usually have is there will be a bill to create a study because so basically the way you can think of it, they're instructing the state agency to do something with the bill. Um, They'll create the study, they'll give the results back to the legislature, and then um, it wouldn't surprise me if they filed some sort of bill after they have this study as a reference to create like a policy change uh, that would help prevent um, or give help to people who already have eating disorders.
0: And is there anything um, that is specific to UT students or the UT community um, that this bill is going to impact?
1: Um, that I think the main thing is just the eating disorders primarily affect young people. And so I, I spoke to a therapist named Kim Gold who told me that it's really it, the sort of like eating disorders are on the rise, especially in the United States because of what she calls diet culture. Um, and, and that can be sort of some minuscule things or some more obvious things. It it just is more prevalent in society right now that we're telling people to diet, to be healthy, to look a certain way. And so she said this now more than ever is sort of leading people. It's one factor that's leading people to develop eating disorders.
0: And let's talk about your favorite subject.
1: I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) Uh, Freedom of speech. You wrote an article that ran in the paper last week, but like, tell me what you wrote about in the article and like what you're thinking about.
1: Awesome. Okay. So basically just as, as some background, the university of Chicago, a couple years back put out this report called the Chicago statement about how universities can best protect free speech on campus. And so, essentially, um, Senator Joan Huffman and Senator Jane Nelson both authored a bill together that would take roughly the principles of the Chicago Statement and apply them by law to Texas universities. Um, so, there, there are a couple areas that this impacts at the most, and some of them apply more to UT than others do. Um, but... One example is this concept of free speech zones that universities sometimes have. UT doesn't really have them. And at first it sounds like a really like positive thing. Like, oh, we have a free speech zone. That's a really fun, like progressive idea. Um, The reality is I talked to a lawyer with somebody um, from the, I want to make sure I get this name right, but I think it's the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. Um, I talked to uh, their legal counsel, Tyler Coward, and he told me that, At Texas Tech, for example, they used to have a free speech gazebo, and that was the only place on campus where, like, total free expression was allowed. It was the only place you could pass out flyers, pamphlets, obviously just, like, free speech in the traditional sense. So one of the first objectives in this bill by Senator Nelson, Senator Huffman, is to eliminate the concept of free speech zones. And it basically says that aside from speech that incites violence— every like open common area on campus has to be a place where free speech is allowed and tolerated.
0: So we're not just saying like you can burst into the president's office or into a classroom right. during a lecture or anything like that, right?
1: Right. Yes, definitely. I the, Once it comes to, you know, classrooms, offices, private meeting spaces, those rules are a little different. But the idea is that at UT, for example, somewhere like the West Mall or the East every mall, those places should all be ones where free speech is acceptable. And that is actually, that has been UT's policy for a long time. Uh, some things that might change if you were going to ask about that. Um, another stipulation of this bill is that Both invited speakers and student organizations cannot be discriminated against based on religious, political, or ideological views. So if somebody wants to make a student group, the university can't say no just because they don't like their politics, ideas, etc. Um, And so on that same token, if a student group or anybody else wants to invite a speaker to campus, um, the university can't prevent that speaker from coming um, just because they don't like their politics., uh, they can prevent them from coming still if they think that a safety issue will occur because of it. So, uh, the probably best example I can think of, which is very extreme, is if somebody invited a Nazi to campus, they can't say no just because they're a Nazi. But in all likelihood what they would do is say no because some kind of rioting, dangerous behavior would result uh, in that speaker coming to campus. I was just gonna say, in fun news, the
0: oh yes, in fun news.
1: In fun news, the Senate and very likely the House, but so the Senate today passed a resolution uh, to congratulate Casey Musgraves for winning four Grammy awards. Uh, these resolutions are honestly meaningless; they're not laws or anything. But it is kind of cool, and I read through the the bill. What'll happen if it passes the House is she'll be like presented with like some form of the resolution or something. So it's just cool when the whole Texas legislature like decides to congratulate you for something. So I just thought that was that was fun news. <laughs>
0: and I read today that Matthew McConaughey broke the rules in the Senate. Apparently, you are not allowed to you wear cannot. blue jeans on the Senate floor, but apparently we make an exception for Mr. McConaughey
1: as do most people
0: I think we make it I think we kind of let him do whatever he there wants are rules here in that Texas everybody else
1: follows and then there are rules that Matthew McConaughey follows
0: all right well that's it for the in session this week we'll be back next week thank you again Chad anytime of course we'll see you next week